Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 105 of the Hardly Millennial podcast, where we are young, dumb, and full of opinions. Opinions. <laughs> oh, I'm back from a hiatus. <laughs> a very long After hiatus. All this time, my last one was in August, and uh, hopefully. Um, I mean, if videotaping this podcast worked, then people watching this will know that, oh, they recorded the podcast, but it is a possibility this may not work. So you may only be getting audio for this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. But we're trying to videotape it. If you can't see our beautiful faces, if you can hear our magnificent voices. You can hear our magnificent voices, <laughs> you know. And if you think we're ugly, well, you know, it's available just in audio also. Keep it to yourself. So yeah, keep it to yourself. <laughs> don't fucking, don't tell us that. <laughs> Be kind. <laughs> I have I have to say it is kind of weird, like, sitting here again doing a podcast just because it has been so long mm. since I've done one now. And it's like, because I think the last one I did was in August before I went on vacation yeah, with my brother. That's a minute. <sighs> oh, well. Oh, but by the way, everybody, my guest today Hi. <laughs> is, is the beautiful Danielle Jones here. Good friend of mine, a mother. And yeah, that's all she is. Oh, oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> How's your year been so far, dear? Uh, so far? Not too bad, all mm-hmm. things considered. Yeah. 2020 is looking to be on the right direction. I, I'm officially back in school as of tomorrow. So Are you really? I am. I that did not know that. Happy. Or not tomorrow. I'm sorry. Tomorrow, Sunday. I'm getting my <laughs> days mixed up. Monday. Monday is my first day. Okay. Is it just online courses? Yes. Or, okay. Yeah. Makes it easier with the kiddo. The whole single mom racket makes actually getting to class a little difficult. So what did you actually decide to go to school for? So um, my degree is actually going to be in computer programming, mm-hmm. and I'm... Well, my overall major is computer information systems. So I got this. uh, The class I'm starting on Monday is actually my last prerequisite that I got to knock out before I can start doing my core classes. What prerequisite do you have to do? It's communications. So. Oh, oh. wait. Do you have all your other prerequisites? I do. I had those from when I was going to school before, you know, and then I, I took the hiatus to redetermine my major. So all my other prerequisites, all those credits are still there. They still count. For 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 some reason, I don't have memory of you going to to college. You're before. crazy. I was. I started going to college. Well, before Wyatt was born. Right, right, and right. And then I stopped for a little bit. Right, um, after it was online was school. I'm assuming. No, 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 no. Was those that those going were to physical class? classes. Yeah, I'm doing online school now because right. you know with my son and uh-huh. the single mom thing, it's a little bit difficult to go to class. But no, before I was physically going to classes. Really? Really? Where the fuck was I? I don't know. How did you not know? Well, I okay. Know, like, I don't know why, but for whatever reason, I just don't remember well, I s- that at all. I started going before before you moved to California <laughs> the last time. And then I think I started going again while you were in California. So, so maybe that's why. Maybe maybe that whole thing was while I was in Los Angeles. Possibly, yeah. Because then, like I said, I decided to okay. actually redetermine my major. So uh-huh. I quit going to school while I was doing that. Because I know a lot of people and they tell you, like, Keep going to school, keep going to classes, keep getting your prereqs. But the problem is is then you end up chalking up tons and tons of debt or money put Uh into prerequisites that you might not actually need for your chosen career path. So I was like, no, I'm not going to do that because I'm paying for school myself. Right. Um, mm -mm, No. (laughs) So so I stopped. Right. And yeah, it took me forever and a day to, you know, and then there were, there were fallops along the way with going back, but yeah, I'm finally, I'm finally going back. So good job. I know. I'm so happy for me. 
really quick indulge me because I think I forgot to do something Uh-oh. on this this here software that we use. There we go. For those who can't see right now, I don't think you can even see in the videotape, but I have to extend on GarageBand the amount of time I'm able to record. Otherwise, I think it just restarts when it gets to the end. Oh. So like if it was set to like 20 minutes, I would have just like stopped start and started to like... recording over the yeah, original over 20 minutes. Yeah, we were like recording exactly. Uh-oh. Technical so difficulties, like, people. Sorry. So I have to like make it longer here, which I just tried to do and it failed. But what were you, uh, what were you, while I'm doing this, you were going to school before for like medical, right? That originally was like it was nursing. What you wanted to do? Yeah, nursing. originally it was nursing. And then after, well, because I, you know, I started doing um, administration, you know, medical administration work mm-hmm. to kind of get my, my foot in the door with, you know, just being in the medical field in general. Right. Seeing how that's what I was planning on going to school for. I obviously I was nowhere near a practitioner, but right. just so that I was in the field that I planned on working in. And it seemed like the more time I was there, even on the admin side, mm-hmm. the the more time I spent in the medical community, the more I started to realize I think the only reason I chose nursing to begin with is because my mom was a nurse. Right. And that it wasn't really what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So I had to like completely go back to the drawing board and say, okay, what is it that interests you? What do you like? What do you actually want to do? Right. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I feel like you got caught up with something that like I similarly got caught up in through kind of my 20s here where there was a time where like I wasn't sure. And I think I've talked to you about this before, but there was a time like I wasn't sure if like film or the entertainment industry was like what I actually wanted to do. Yeah. But it, it, it like, and it, it is, you know, I, well, now it's more broad. I really just want to do something in the entertainment industry, yeah. you know, regardless yeah, before of what it, it was is. very specific. Yeah. 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 But the reason why it was so specific and what I struggled with so much was like, I didn't know if like, is this really what I'm passionate about? Is this really what I want to do? Or is this just all I know? Yeah. You know, so because it's all I know, you know, I mean, when you're in high school and, you know, thankfully, I think this is going to be different when we get older with our own kids just because of the way the world is now. Yeah. But I feel like when we're younger, you know, you reach that junior, senior year of high school and your parents or even if it's not your parents, just teachers, adults in general are like, all right, figure out what you're doing for the rest of your life. Yeah. Like, come on. Like you figure can figure it, it out, out yeah, in yeah, a minute. Yeah. yeah. Like you should know. You should know this. And like- the, the only reason, I kid you not, the only reason I went to film school, Danny, was because I was, I remember I was at home with my parents and we were just on the subject of like... You know, like, oh, what, what do you want to do? You know, like, what, what do you want to go to college for? You know, that talk. Like, yeah. Figure it out. And all I knew at that time was, like, I'd always, I always liked film, mm-hmm. like, growing up. But I never liked in front of the camera stuff. Like, growing up, my dad and I were really into, like, computer animation. The technical. Like, yeah, we would spend hours watching, like, the special features for Monsters, Inc. Yeah. You know, because we're like, whoa, look, they designed every hair individually <laughs> and how crazy. And then um, I remember I did drama in high school and I actually like, 
I, I, I was literally that, you'd think I was just a drama kid like through and through, but the only reason why I took drama in my junior year of high school was for an easy A. I was just, well, yeah. I was just like, I just want to have a, an easy year. I hear junior year is the hardest with the classes and shit you have to take, so whatever. Those are the only two reasons anyone takes drama. Either you're a complete drama geek <laughs> yep. or you just want an easy elective credit. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That, and nobody else does it for any other reason. But I hadn't realized because, I mean, you know me. I'm like, I'm a very outgoing, you yeah. know, very energetic individual. But I wasn't aware, that, like, how how much stage fright I actually, like, was prone to getting when I was in drama class. Mm-hmm. When we'd have to go up there and perform in front of the class or what, I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm actually, like, really fucking nervous <laughs> to, like, to, like, do this, you know? And I'm always able to mask it with, you know, just my silliness and shit. But I, but I remember I did that, and then I wrote uh, and directed a couple of, like, one-act plays mm-hmm. in my drama class. And then it wasn't until I remember having that conversation with my parents where they were like, what do you want to do? And they were, I was like, well, I don't know. And they go, well, you know, your cousin Heather goes to, you know, this film school in Scottsdale, you know, which was Scottsdale Community College. Yeah. And it was literally just like, uh, oh, well, that sounds fun. I'll do that. You know, just like, okay, decided something it's film i'll have fun with it and that was the decision process you know there there was nothing ever before then that was like i need to be in the film industry i want to do this even though i was always kind of sprinkled into it mm-hmm. you know throughout my life because my brother was always really into that oh, stuff yeah, yeah. You know, and still is but that's what caused me issues later on in my 20s when i moved back from los angeles where I was like, you know, I was having issues getting motivated. I mean, I still do. Having issues getting motivated to do stuff and things yeah. like that. And it, and it makes you sit there and think, like, if I was truly passionate about this subject, would it would there really be an issue of motivation at all? Right? That's true. So then, so that, that really fucked me up, Daddy. Because <laughs> I was like, because the entire time I'm like, oh my God. So if I can't find the motivation to do any kind of like film stuff, is this really what I want to do? Or is this just all I know? Yeah. You know? And like, and I and I still think I struggle with that, you know, a little bit. But, uh, you know, but people... You know, uh, like my brother and uh, my cousin, you know, even my parents at times uh, have told me, and I think this pertains the same to you as far as like what you're going with your degree for. Mm-hmm. It's like sometimes it doesn't fucking matter. You just have to do something. Yeah. You well, know? well, and for me, and it, figure it out from there. It's one of those things where it's kind of like, <laughs> you know, it. who knows if it'll actually pan out or work out the way that I hope it's going to. And it never does, you know. Probably not. But it was one of those things where, like, it it took me forever. I spent two years actually redetermining my major. And the entire time people thought I was just kind of sitting back, sitting around, just going, oh, I don't know what I want to do, so I'm just not going to do anything right now. And that's not true. I actually spent two years doing, like, serious, hardcore, in-depth research. I went through, like, five or six aptitude tests Mm -hmm. for, you know, personality uh, compatibility and, and and all that jazz to determine my interest. And then I did some serious in-depth digging on the uh, the ONET database online. It's like onet.gov or org or something like that. But it's okay. like an entire database that's compiled by the Department of Labor. Right. G- f- with like all the information you could ever possibly want on jobs and right. what they entail and what education you need and what the projected growth is going to be in 10 years and what's the average pay in the U.S. What's the average pay in your state or in your – like just 
a ton of ton of information that I just spent digging through this website to look at all these different possible career paths. Mm -hmm. And when I decided to redetermine my major, it occurred to me, I mean, I didn't, it, it was similar to, to your situation with your parents, except there was no conversation. Right. My mom was a nurse. Mm-hmm. I always idealized my mom. Right. Um, because she was a, you know, she was a wonderful mom and she was a great person most uh-huh. days. <laughs> right. Minus the family issues that everyone has. Right. I, I always idolized my mom as far as my parents went. And I also grew up in it. I started volunteering at nursing homes that she worked at at the age of 11. Uh-huh. And my very first job out of high school, because all my volunteer work, you know, most kids end up working what, you know, I think at, in our high school it was Harkins, Harkins Theaters. Oh, yeah, yeah, Like the everybody little, the worked at Harkins. theaters. Yeah, exactly. Like that, yeah. No, my very first job was <laughs> doing data entry for the Gerontology Research Foundation. Mm-hmm. So I already had like a foot in here and I had already like kind of grown up in this world mm-hmm. in a sense. And so I just thought, you know, path of least resistance. This is where I've been going. I might as well go. That's where I should go. Right. And yeah, it was just the more more time I spent in the field, the more time I realized it's just not what I want to do. Right. I want to do something... I don't, something something different. I'm uh-huh. I'm I'm bored. I'm bored with the field. It's it's tedious. It's mind numbing. And I know it would be a little bit different if I actually was a nurse, you know, a practitioner versus right. just the admin clerical stuff that I do, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like this is this is not a world that interests me. Yeah. As much as I thought it did. As much as it did when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Well, and that's that's something I think people struggle with also is and. You know, I think this is a, just a societal standard put on us also with the pressure of figure out what you're going to do for the rest of your life at the age of 18. Yeah, no shit. But your, your interests fucking change. They do. They, they change all the time. They absolutely do. You know, and and I feel like in the world that – I'm talking out of my ass here because, <laughs> I, because I'm not my parents nor am I that generation at all. But I feel like there was a generation of – where it was like you don't change your mind, you know. It's you figure it out, and then you kind of you know you do the American you just, you dream, do it, right? Yeah. yeah, you just do it. Whereas like, but now we're kind of reaching that point where like, I mean, there's people in college who are changing their major like four times, mm-hmm. you know, before doing anything or before deciding on anything. And then sometimes there's people who change their uh, their major four times end up dropping out of college anyway and doing something else. Well, see, and that's where my interest ended up leading me to IT. So, like, mm -hmm. what I decided to do for my degree program was actually just very general because I tried. I spent a long time trying to actually dig (laughs) through all the different niches in IT to see if any of them spoke to me specifically. Mm -hmm. And the more I researched, the more I realized, one, there's way too fucking many of them for me to get an actual feel of what it is just by reading these descriptions. And two, yeah, reading a description is is great, but doing it is something completely different. Mm-hmm. So I might like the way it sounds and might actually hate doing it. Who knows? Right. So I don't want to I don't want to, you know, specifically start moving toward that niche and end up gearing myself away from something else that I might like. So I decided yeah. to when I decided on the degree program, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna generalize this until I find my niche. There you go. But it was it was funny because the the aptitude tests kept taking me time and time and time again back to information technology mm-hmm. and eventually i figured out why and was like i'm just going to roll with this cuz it's true the aptitude test every single one of them came back saying that one of my main interests and strengths was investigation like i love i love puzzles i love figuring shit out didn't didn't you want to do forensics 
for a little bit? That's actually, well, no, it still is. That's like in the field I'm leaning toward forensics or possibly security. Like the but idea I, but, of it sounds I, fascinating. But IT would have nothing to do with that. Oh, yes, they would. Why? There's all kinds of information technology, forensics, and security, cybersecurity. It's basically... It, oh, so it, not actually you doing the forensics, but like working in a, like a forensics office and like being around. Yeah, that. no, no, no. We're not. Ta- we're not. Well, if you're talking forensics as far as like like criminal investigation, no, that's that's different. That's 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 science. not what you're interested in. No, 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 okay. no. Well, I mean that that kind of stuff actually interests me too, <laughs> and it's funny because that that was always like the uh, <laughs> because of my investigative aptitude that kept uh-huh. coming back on my tests, it kept trying to push me toward law enforcement time and time. Time and time and time again, um, which I actually have absolutely nothing against. the The only reason I personally would not do that is because by the time I started redetermining my major, I'm I'm a mom, right. and God bless you, men and women out there, by the way, who have kids <laughs> and do that line of work every day. You're amazing. We love you. But me myself, I have abandonment issues, <laughs> and I just couldn't do it like the idea of something happening to me because of my line of work mm-hmm. shit happens every day I could go at any time something could happen to me tomorrow and yeah that's gonna fuck with my kid right. but to actually put myself in a position where there is more of a potential for shit to happen was just something I could not do to him right so I was like oh, I can't do it but that's also where IT was kind of cool because I started start, started thinking about it and went you know there are many things you can do in the IT field to support you fine men and women who are out there doing that kind of work. Right. Maybe I'll end up doing that. That would be cool with me. Yeah. It's it's just like this realm of possibilities. And all I know at the end of the day is that going in that direction will hopefully satiate my my lust for for information, which is mm-hmm. why I like investigative work. And we'll also do the, the second best thing. It's an environment where it's constantly evolving. So there's constantly stuff to learn. And I love that. Because right. I love the I love the learning. I love growth. Like if I could be a student for the rest of my life, I probably would be. <laughs> Give me knowledge. I'm I love it. Right. Okay. Okay. So it's almost like working like the way you're describing it is kind of like what I would say about like it's it's the difference between working in front of the camera or behind the camera. Kinda, you, yeah. You want to work behind the camera. Yeah, in a sense. Is. Yeah. No, I wanna be yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm not I'm not exactly sure where I'm gonna go with it just yet, but so, uh, speaking of enforcement, oh of gosh, things, oh my, uh, how do we how do we feel about Trump just fucking bombing Iran? Oh, <laughs> I had a feeling you were gonna bring this up. I have to. <laughs> it's like the it's like the it's like the thing that to, defines twenty twenty so far. At the moment, yes, you're not wrong. <laughs> Ah, oh, oh my God. Um, so myself personally, I have some, I have some very, very mixed feelings okay. about this topic. I truly do. Um, I, I am a Trump supporter. You know this. I, know. I voted for the man. Uh-huh. Uh, however, I am not a tripe, a tripe, tripe, a Trump acolyte. I'm not. I do not worship at the man's feet, and I right. don't agree with absolutely everything that he does just because he's Trump. Which honestly, I feel like is most people. It is. But the problem is, I and mean, we've talked about this countless times on the podcast. The problem is, it, it goes by who the loudest people are. Oh, you I know. know? And yeah. Unfortunately, the extremes on both sides are the fucking loudest there's, people. There's two people when it comes to Trump. There's either the people that fully support him and follow in agreement with every decision he makes. Mm-hmm which I am not, or there are the people that despise every decision he makes simply because they do not like 
him personally. Yeah. I am neither of those people. Yeah. I I, I do not worship at the altar of any politician, yeah. period, or celebrity, or I, I, I could give two shits. Great, you're a billionaire. That makes no difference in my life. But my thing with Trump and like, look, I totally get why people hate the guy. I really do. I, I, I understand. Even, no, and I'm not talking about the like, bullshit stuff like oh well he's a racist and a nazi like i'm not talking about that shit because that stuff i don't understand okay (laughs) but what i do understand though is like for example the this assassination of this iranian general okay right like the i understand why it's going to rub people the wrong way Mm -hmm. when you go off and do so because like from my understanding from what i've read it was basically like his uh, Trump's um, what's the word I'm looking for the 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 people who like give him advice on certain things. Okay, like I can't. There's a word for it, but I can't think of it. But like that, per, I was told like the, it his was advisors, advisors. There, thank you. They basically put him in a room and they were like, "Hey, here are the options of what we can do." Mm-hmm. And there's always going to be you know the worst option, which in this case is you know presumably was bombing. Yeah, you know, Iran. And he, you know, chose that instead of going through kind of like a due process. He was allowed to, you know, he's president, he's allowed to, but I can understand things like that really rubbing people the wrong way when you're just like, well, fuck it. Fuck what my advisors say. I'm just going to do it like this. See, I disagree though. But but, hold on really quick though. Just to, but the, to go off of like why I also appreciate Trump in that aspect is because I do not think the leader of a country should necessarily be liked. Now, I don't. Now, I understand there are dictators out there that are obviously hated. Oh you know, yeah. And I'm not saying that's right. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is, when it comes to this kind of stuff, I feel like we have had this slew, both Republican and Democratic presidents, where it's just about getting the vote. It's just about the popularity contest, it is. and it kills me that Trump is going to go down in history. Um, as for in a lot of people's eyes, as one of the worst presidents, but he's also going to be the one going down as like the only president that did almost everything he said he was going to do when and he got into office. That right there is why I have mixed feelings about the entire situation in Iran. Because mm-hmm. one of the reasons that I backed Trump, supported Trump, <laughs> and voted for Trump was because. In contrast to, you know, candidate Hillary Clinton, Mm -hmm. who has been trying to stoke war with Iran for years in her political career, Trump was saying, we need to get the hell out of the Middle East. We have no interest anymore in in Iraq. The reasons we're in Afghanistan are not why we went there originally. But to be fair, he hasn't pulled out. Exactly. All the and that makes me mad. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's right. why I have mixed feelings on it. I have absolutely no love loss for the fact that Soleimani is dead. Uh-huh. Fuck him. Right. He deserved to die right. in my personal opinion. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, that's an opinion. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm not one of those assholes who's going to jump on a podcast and suddenly turn into a geopolitical expert <laughs> because this is breaking news. No, right. I, I admit to the fact that, that I can only base my opinion off of what I know. Uh-huh. What I know, Soleimani seemed like a pretty bad guy. I don't care that he's dead. Right. I do care that we're increasing escalation in the region instead of removing our forces, which is what he promised he would do. Yeah. I want them gone. I want them out of there. And and the continuing escalation does nothing but put 
our servicemen and women in more harm's way. And I come from a military family, so that means a lot to me. Right. I don't want to see any of them hurt or uh-huh. killed. I don't want us going into another decade-long war. Yeah. That ultimately will not end in fruition. We're not going to get out what we want out of no. it, period. It's just not going to happen. We we knew that years ago. Right. And the reasons we went in to begin with, frankly, for Iraq specifically, obviously, complete bullshit. It was all based on lies. Yeah. So forgive me for not necessarily buying all of the intel of the same organization that put us in war in Iraq in the first place through okay. their lies. Be careful. I don't believe you. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we have any reason to be there anymore. Right. So I, I yes, it's like it's. Uh, I, I don't have a problem with the fact that Soleimani is dead. I have a problem with the fact that Trump seemed to be escalating tension. Now I agree with him not escalating any further. Yeah. After the retaliatory attacks yeah. that I were hitting, I, I can just imagine Thank Trump God. being like pulled into a room with his advisors. His advisors being like, like Mr. President, really, we can't do any more. Well, I want to bomb. No, 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 no. See, Don't bomb no, no, them. No. I think that's the other way around because you're forgetting that one of his advisors on this is Pompeo, and Pompeo's a scummy little fuck bag who would love nothing more than to send an entire brigade into Iran and really? invade. Insta- oh, in my opinion, yes. That well, oh, good. He's admitted lying, like, like. Not specific lies, but what bothers me about Pompeo fundamentally is we're, we're, we're supposed to trust the information coming out of this man and out of our intelligence community. When this man went to West Point, and you can find this, there's a whole speech he did that became semi-popular after he became, I'm pretty sure he's national security advisor, if uh-huh. I recall correctly. So he talks about how we, when he went to West Point, they had a motto of we don't lie, we don't cheat, and we don't tolerate those who do. Uh-huh. He said, then I then I go to the CIA and we lie, we cheat, we have classes on everything. Mm-hmm. And he makes a big joke about like that, that's what they do. Right. And yet you're telling me I should trust the information you're giving. You, like you're openly joking about the fact that the CIA actually has classes in teaching people how to lie. Right. And see disinformation. And I'm supposed to trust you? <laughs> right. I'm, I'm sorry, come again? Well, and that's, that's the thing I think gets convoluted also is... And again, this goes to just both the loud people on both sides, you know, being the ones that are heard the most, obviously. But it's it's things like that where, look, Trump is – because there's always that thing like don't trust a politician, right? Well, yeah. uh, that's kind of been something we've all kind of agreed upon as, you know, a generality of our country. Don't trust a politician. And you have these people who are going, you know, like, oh, well, we like Trump because he's not a politician. It's like, oh, well, he's president now. He ran a campaign. He's president. He's a fucking politician. He wasn't a politician. That's one of the reasons I liked him. He is now. He's playing the game now. He has been. Anyone who doesn't see that is is naive. He is playing the game. So do you not think Trump's going to lie? Of course he's going to fucking lie. He's a fucking scumbag just like every other fucking president. But we need a scumbag that's going to get some shit done. Agreed. And make things better for the American people. I do. I care about everybody else in the world. I really fucking do. But I, I, I formally, I really do believe, and this goes from a personal level to a broader level, that you, you have to be selfish first before you can be selfless. And right now, country, our own country is at a disarray. Maybe, maybe not you know, economically, maybe maybe not, you know, in all, all these other political ways, but 
it is there is definitely this division between the people. Oh, and that's that's something that needs to be dealt with and healed first. So it's like I understand there's all this other shit going on in other countries and we have troops over there and that stuff can't be ignored. But like, but fuck. Let's let's stop trying to make the other countries like us, you know? And that's kind of what I do appreciate about Trump. I, I feel like Obama and even Bush to an extent were very much like, you know, we we want everybody to like us. And I get it, you know, peace, world peace and mm-hmm. all that, right? But that's not the kind of climate the world is in right now. Well, and regardless of that, that's not that's not our job. We have to recognize the fact that as much as we might not like it, mm-hmm. and as much as we might not like what goes on in some of these Middle Eastern countries, we're talking, you know, Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan, Syria, we have to recognize the fact that they are sovereign nations. Yeah. The same as we are. We wouldn't want their governments intervening in our shit. Why exactly are we taking it upon ourselves yes. to do the same over and there? I think and the fact that we're doing it against issue. their will, yes. that's my biggest problem. Like, for the love of... It does <clears throat> not at all surprise me that this escalation occurred right after the Iraqi government leaked information saying that they were ready to get our troops the hell out of their country. But see, but... That doesn't surprise me at all. You're it's right. Because then all of a sudden, we actually have to end a war mm-hmm. that we should have ended a long-ass time ago that Trump promised to pull our troops out of. Now their government is agreeing with that. Their government is saying, okay, go. We want you guys off of our off of our, off of of our, our soil. And all of a sudden, oh no, shit, we can't go because Iran's starting shit. Right. Iran has been starting shit. Iran has been in the throne of shit for yeah. the last decade. I'm sorry, all this, all this hoopla that you're hearing about now, now, all of mm-hmm. these these protests and the, the siege on the embassy and all the rest of the shit, guess what? Stuff like that has been going on for a very, very long time. It just wasn't nearly as publicized yeah. until suddenly our troops weren't going to be in the Middle East anymore. Well, uh, how I saw this meme the other day that I thought was fantastic. God, I can't remember what it was um, exactly, so I'm probably going to botch it a little bit. But it, it was something of like... Uh, God, it was something of like Trump bombed Iran, you know, and made him and, ma- and Trump made Iran hate us since 1978, you know, like <laughs> like some shit like that. But I mean, what you're saying though about like the it's no surprise that this all happened during this time. That's what the other side is saying. Also, with the impeachment stuff happening right now. They're saying, oh, well, it's no surprise that this happened right as Trump just got impeached, you know, so let's take the attention off of that and focus more on this now. Like, but that's my point, though. It's like for both sides, it's like, trust me, us, us rational people, we do. We get it from both sides. We really do. You know, even though you're a Trump supporter, it's mm-hmm. like. We get it from both sides. I, I might be a Trump supporter, but there's a difference between supporting the man's policies and worshiping at the altar of his feet. Yes. There have been many things that he has done that I do not agree with. Like, I, when, I, when I say I'm a Trump supporter, everyone lumps me into this category oh, of, yeah. oh, you agree with everything Trump oh, does. Yeah. No, no, the fuck I do. I mm-hmm. absolutely do not. I didn't agree with the bombings in Syria. I didn't, I don't adamantly like probably the biggest fucking mistake i think the man's made since he was president was the uh the ban Mm -hmm. the bump stock ban yeah oh totally against that no sorry i don't like that just because it came out of trump's mouth right i have my own opinions i form my own opinions based on information that i have not based out of something that's coming out of someone's mouth yeah i don't care who's saying it yeah and I just wish more people realized that because, like you said, when you tell people that you're a Trump supporter, you you said you get bombarded by people. You, you do. And I mean, yeah. and I remember when I first moved, I may have told the story on the podcast before, but I remember when I first moved to Los Angeles 
And, you know, and I grew up here in Arizona, mm. you know, my parents, my family's very conservative. And I, I would say I'm not as conservative. I definitely grew up with conservative values because of that, you know, just because of the way I was raised. Well, yeah. Now, Los Angeles, you know, definitely kind of opened my eyes to a lot of things. And I definitely became less and less conservative, you know, from being there. But at the, at the same time, though, there were people who, when they found out that I was from Arizona... The next question, like within the within five minutes of finding out that I'm in from Arizona, somebody was asking me, oh, so are you a Republican? <laughs> every single time, every single fucking time. And that drove me crazy. I was like, it got to this point where I was like, why? Why does it fucking matter if I'm a, are you just going to decide like, fuck this guy, you know? And that's exactly what they well, do. Well, it's not even why, but why is that an assumption? Like, just because I'm a Trump supporter doesn't make me a Republican. I don't consider myself a Republican. Mm-hmm. I don't even consider myself a conservative. Yeah. I consider myself a libertarian. Yeah. Guess what? Uh, Bush, McCain, these are all prominent Republicans. Didn't like either of them. Yeah. Didn't support either <laughs> of them. Like, j- just because I might have a conservative mindset because mm-hmm. I've grown up in Arizona and you know, the, that personally adheres to my values. That doesn't mean I agree with every politician no. that's in my little. No. Ugh. And it's, and it's such a shame that people assume that I was dating a girl in Los Angeles and we, we started dating before we ever politics ever even came up mm-hmm. in one of our conversations. Yeah. Right. And we were dating for a, a, a while before politics ever got brought up between us two. So you have to remember, we're already at a point to where we like each other enough to actually go steady with one another. Yeah. You know, we've been dating for a while at this point. At this point, we're telling each other that we love, you know, the other person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have all these other things in common. We have all these other great conversations about stuff. We have a great time and a lot of fun together. And then I remember, I remember the day that politics got brought up. And the question was formed with both of like, what political party do you typically gravitate towards? Yeah. And I remember uh, she told me, you know, Democrat. And I told her, you know, more conservative. I didn't say Republican. I just said more conservative. More conservative. And let me tell you, now this didn't make us break up or anything, but I just saw, like, I just saw her go flush. Just like, oh my, like, almost like this, oh my God, I can't believe I, you know, dating this conservative. Like, you could just tell, it was like, if, if I, like, this is all just me presuming by looking at the way she looked <laughs> at the time, of course. But like, it hey, just, silence yeah, speaks volumes it just, it sometimes. Like her world was just <laughs> in on her, you know. And then she started asking me questions and stuff. And as we were talking more, you know, it became more of a like a oh, okay, you know, you're you're conservative, but like you're you're you know you're I don't know, you're a fucking hippies and conservative, I guess. I don't know. You know, there's a lot of fucking liberal stuff I do agree with. I just don't agree with going over the fucking edge. That's the problem. Well, you I... Know, everybody's I, like... And it's both sides, but I feel like the Democratic side's much more extreme with, like, the lines and the edges that they draw. Because yes. they're like, here's the line, and they're just fucking miles away from that fucking line absolutely, now. It's absolutely. It's like, okay, like, like, we got we got to stop somewhere, it's become It's become the trendy thing to go further and further and further front. Like, oh, we got them to agree to this. Let's see if we can get them to do this. Yes. It's like we're given an inch and they're they're gonna take a mile. Well, it's 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 you're seeing what happens in retail, 
you know, in a broad sense. And in retail, if you're a customer and I'm a fucking manager and you come up to me and you're bitching and yelling at me over something stupid, you know, maybe a return or you weren't given the right service, but if you bitch and complain enough, I'm going to fucking hand you a $50 gift card, you know, to say, so sorry, so sorry. So then what happens? You create this mentality of, oh, well, I can return whatever I want. I can get free money if I just complain loud enough. Yeah. And then that's what's happening in our country also. It is. You have enough. I mean, a perfect example is, did did you hear about the whole debacle with the Sonic, the Hedgehog movie that's coming out? No. Did you? Okay. So... There's, they're making a live action version of Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay. And this this was a this was like a four or five months ago now. I think this happened. Really? Maybe, maybe sooner. Yeah. How did I not hear but, about this? Uh, yeah, I don't know how you did either. <laughs> but but there was this whole debacle because when they released the trailer for the film, uh-huh. people hated this like realistic design of Sonic that they had made okay. for this movie. So and people complained so much to where the studio said. Okay, well, we're going to put this on hold. We're going to go back and we're going to redesign Sonic for you. Hmm. You know? So those are things that's like I don't fucking agree with. Because what you're now doing is you're creating this mentality and you're saying fuck you to the filmmaker of wanting to do what they want to do with the film just because what? You saw 30 seconds in a fucking trailer Mm. and said, nope, not going to have this. But you know what it's going to do now? It's going to create a fucking precedence. So now every single time somebody releases a trailer and people don't like the color of a fucking lightsaber in a movie, they're going to go back, you know, and redux the entire movie to fit whatever the audience wants. Yep, and you're taking the art away from the. Sh- I'm ranting now about art and film, but like you're no, you're, you're, no, you're I taking, get it. You're taking the art away from film when you do that now, and you're giving people power who don't need fucking power, and that's mm-hmm. exactly what's happening in politics right now. I no, and I agree. Actually, a perfect comparison <laughs> for me would be exactly what happened with the bump stock ban, and that's why I was so against it. it had absolutely nothing to do with the bump stock itself. <clears throat> bump stocks, in my personal opinion, granted, okay, I you know I'm a gun owner, and and yeah. I've, I've fired plenty of firearm in my day but I'm not I'm not overly crazy into it with the with the optics and you know everything else um so I have never actually used a bump stock Mm -hmm. what I know from people that I do know that have used them or from what I've researched is that they're pretty fucking useless (laughs) that's that that's what I know is that uh, apparently they're they're a bitch and a half to keep on they're a bitch and a half to actually like keep attached and functioning properly to do the you know the fully auto thing which was the whole Mandalay Bay issue why that came up in the first place right um so when Trump banned bump stocks the mass majority of us second amendment supporters just kind of sat back and went who the fuck wants a bump stock anyway? This shit doesn't matter. Who cares? Okay, fine. Yeah, let them right. scream. It's like they're, it almost became a way to appease people. They're, they're screaming and they're bitching about it and they're oh so upset that we have, you know, this that could turn the capacity of a semi-automatic well, well, into a me. fully automatic. So let's get rid of them and let's just give it to them because now they can shut up and quit complaining. Well, here, do, do this for me. So, hmm. because I am very illiterate when it comes to guns. Yes. So... First, tell me what is a bump stock, okay. and then why is it dumb that people are complaining about it? Okay, well, my understanding... Well, it's not necessarily dumb that people are complaining about it. That's not what I thought was dumb. But my understanding, because again, I've never actually used one. Uh-huh. Um, so my understanding of what the bump stock is, is it's basically an attachment that you can put onto the stock of a semi-automatic rifle mm-hmm. and turn it into basically a fully automatic. It keeps 
refiring at a rapid rate. Gotcha. So it turns the semi-automatic into a fully automatic. That's my basic, very basic. I don't want to hear any bitching. It's my basic understanding of what it is. Again, forgive me. I'm a novice on that. I've never used one. Okay. To be honest, I'd never even heard of them until the Mandalay Bay issue. Mm-hmm. Because again, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not a gun fanatic. I like guns. I own guns. I enjoy marksmanship. Mm-hmm. But as far as, you know, delving into a thousand and one accessories, it's not really my thing. Uh-huh. If it's functional and it works, I use it. I have fun with it. Right. Um, but that's my basic understanding of the bump stock. And that's where the entire issue came up after Mandalay Bay, that being, you know, what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone started bitching and complaining, well, why, why do we have bump stocks? Why are we allowed to have bump stocks? Why are we allowed to have an accessory for a firearm that turns a semi-automatic weapon into a fully automatic weapon? That's not okay. Uh-huh. The fact that it existed is why so many rounds were fired and so many people were hurt in Vegas. We got to get rid of these. Mm -hmm. And everyone started getting up up in arms about bump stocks. Now, personally, from what I know about the optics that Mm -hmm. was on the firearm that was used in Mandalay Bay, I think the bump stock was stupid. Because, yeah, he he definitely laid down some scunion with the amount of bullets he was able to pull out of that gun. But probably could have done a lot more damage if he had actually just been aiming with that scope. Because from what I heard, it was pretty badass um but regardless so because bump stocks are not widely known about not widely used from what i've been able to determine again from talking to people i know who have Mm -hmm. used them from you know reading and researching online most gun owners don't like them they they're they're bulky they're awkward they're a bitch and a half to use most people don't like them so when trump came down and said okay well everyone's screaming and yelling about bump stocks let's ban bump stocks Everyone sat back and went, okay, that's fine. We don't give a fuck because nobody liked them anyway. Give it to them. Well, so that, but that's what I'm asking. So so from your understanding, why why don't gun people like bump stocks? Because they're, they're difficult to use. They're, oh, okay. Because they're difficult to use. Um, from my understanding, they're extremely difficult to actually keep in the proper position to have them working effectively. Uh-huh. And you can't aim worth the shit when you are utilizing it. Gotcha. That's my understanding of why they're not widely liked. Uh-huh. And again, this is this is very just based off of I, I have never used one, but based off of what I've read and what I've heard from people that I do know that have used them, that's that's the general consensus among why they're not they're not really liked. Um, is just because they're a, they're a bitch and a half to use. Gotcha. But so so the gun community did not get up in arms when Trump banned bump stocks because nobody really like, likes them anyway. That's not what upset me about that. What upset me about that was the bigger picture. Like what you were talking about with how it set a president with Sonic the Hedgehog. He just set a president. He just sent a very, very bad president. He is the first president that I know of, to my, to my knowledge, the uh-huh. first ever, to actually ban a firearm accessory by executive order. Right. Now every president that follows has the president oh, for banning firearm accessories without making any amendments gotcha. in the Constitution to the Second Amendment. That's a bad president. I don't like that. I don't okay, like that. I don't I like that you saying. just opened up a whole new door for infringement upon my Second Amendment rights without any congressional and constitutional oversight for amendment to the law. That I'm, I'm not okay with that. that so, okay, that's interesting because I didn't think about that, but you're right, you know, and not even just about the bump stock thing, but just about executive orders in yeah, general. Yeah, it's not, it's not the bump stock. It's, it's the infringement yeah. 
on the constitutional well, well just, right. That's well, what bothers me. Well, just any, honestly, just any executive order, because he's put in, isn't he like the president that's put in like the most executive orders in office or like in one term or something it's like that? It's somewhere down between him and Obama, because Obama did quite a few did executive orders. Did Obama do a lot? Oh, yeah. Okay. Because like what I almost feel like is going to happen now with you talking about saying that presidents is because there used to be a point where I felt like the executive orders were there. You could technically use them anytime that you wanted. Mm-hmm. But it was like, but you didn't, right? You went through due process because that's just what you did as a president. It's what you should you know? do. And I think people were more okay. I mean, I was more okay with Obama doing it. But I think it was because the things Obama was doing it on – Maybe they weren't, but they seemed very, for lack of a better word, maybe presidential. Like, oh, okay, it makes sense to do an executive <laughs> order on that. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Whereas, like, Trump is just like, you know, I want red to be blue now. So executive <laughs> order, you know. <laughs> I don't want bump stocks. Executive order. And what that's going to end up doing is presidents down the line, if you get somebody that's more – maybe not more radical because Trump is pretty radical. But if you get somebody that has, you know – Maybe even if it's just one crazy radical idea where they're like, you know, very confident that this idea is going to help us, but in reality it's going to fuck us over. Mm. Well, now there's there's going to be less hesitation to just, well, I'm just going to write an executive order. Well, I, and that's where we end up getting into this issue where now we're, we're bowing to the, the authority of the Supreme Court, uh, which I also don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, no. Nah. Which the Democrats don't like either, which is kind of funny, which is one of the reasons they, they very much dislike Trump, in my, my personal opinion. Because I've heard a few analysts say that, and it's kind of true. In, in previous situations where we couldn't get a law passed for something that they wanted passed into law, and an executive order was issued specifically under the Obama administration, mm-hmm. these were things that were challenged by the, you know, in court. And the Supreme Court made a ruling on it. And the Supreme Court made rulings in their favors time and time and time again because of the fact that it was slightly leaning toward the left right. in, in, in assignment. So what you now have with Trump mm-hmm. putting new individuals on the Supreme Court left and right is suddenly the Democratic Party can't rely on the Supreme Court the way that they used to, and it's making them freak the fuck out. They're losing their minds right. because if they can't take back the Congress and the Senate in order to get these laws passed and then, you know not have them vetoed at the presidential office, they can't fall back in the Supreme Court like they have in the past. Right. I think that's one of the biggest reasons they dislike Trump to begin with. Right. Well, I could be wrong, but that that's my thinking. And that that's also why I think the impeachment thing was like the dumbest thing that oh, the Democrats... Democratic Party could fucking do because you're you they knew the impeachment was going to go through because they ruled the House of Representatives mm-hmm. but it's like but now they have to get it through Senate and the Republicans rule Senate so it's like you, you're not you're, you're not going to get him out of office well in my personal opinion with that I don't I don't think they were I don't think they ever thought they were going to I don't think Nancy Pelosi is actually dumb enough I mean she she's definitely old and senile at this point in my personal opinion but I don't think she was actually stupid enough to believe that that was going to happen I mean, and I also she, think it's one of the reasons yeah. they haven't sent it to the Senate yet. Um, well, isn't that illegal too? I it was is. reading that it's like illegal. It absolutely is. It but see, there. here's how it works in my mind. And, and again, I could be wrong because this is just speculation. But mm-hmm. the way it works on my mind from what I've known of the situation is Nancy Pelosi felt as if she had 
to push through with the impeachment charge. She had to get the party on board with doing impeachment in the Congress because they absolutely 100% had to pander to their base that was demanding impeachment the day he was inaugurated Mm. and that it was going to fuck them come election season if they did not. So we're going to push through impeachment. We're going to do it in the Congress, which is exactly what they did. And now we're going to hold off as long as we can, hopefully until after the election's over, to not send it to the Senate because we can technically say that he's been impeached because he has been impeached by the Congress. As soon as that goes to the Senate and the Senate either acquits him or dismisses the charges, he's no longer considered impeached. Does that make sense? I feel like wait, it's. Wait, wait, I feel wait, like wait. it's. When is he no longer considered impeached? He's no longer impeached once it's once it's actually dismissed uh-huh. or acquitted by the Senate. Then it was an impeachment case that was oh, yeah, dismissed. Yeah. But, or, but, so but, that, but that's as what it I mean, stands, yeah. they can say he has been impeached by the Congress. That's not a lie to say that. So so I feel like it's a PR tactic. Like we want to be able to say that we've impeached the president. uh, And as long as the Senate hasn't got... Just to try to help them with the new election. Exactly. And I could be wrong, but that's what I'm thinking it is. is Because they they will still always be able to say that he was impeached by the Congress. Mm. But as it stands now, because it hasn't been finalized by the Senate, using the term impeached is not incorrect. It will be incorrect once the Senate acquits him. Mm -hmm. Then you can say there was an impeachment charge. Right. But you can't say he's been impeached. Right. Oh, my God. You know, it's... Look, it's dumb because... (laughs) Because, look... It is dumb. It's highly dumb. Well, the thing is, if they're doing this as a tactic to help them with the 2020 election here coming up, it's... Have you seen the fucking people of the Democratic oh. race? Yes. Like, there's, there is one person I like in the Democratic Tulsi race. Tulsi Gabbard? Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard. I love Tulsi Gabbard. I do, too. I really do. I do. But here's my thing with Tulsi Gabbard. I would, I, I truly, I would love to see Tulsi Gabbard in office. I, I do honestly think as of right now that she would make a, a great president. I do, too. I, I really do. But I think we need Trump for another four years. Oh, I absolutely agree. Like I, but 2024, if See, Tulsi Gabbard runs, I'm fucking, I'll vote for well, her. Well, and and here here's the thing with policies. Like I, <laughs> I definitely have policy agreements with Tulsi Gabbard. She mm-hmm. it she leans further to to the Democratic side than I do conservatively. Uh huh. But she's not crazy. She does have certain policies that I absolutely agree with. I definitely feel like mm-hmm. she's the best candidate. Military with background. Oh, yeah, absolutely. She's yeah. military background. She's against the, mm-hmm. the continuing intervention in the Middle East, which mm-hmm. I fully agree with her on. Um, and she's smart. She's sharp. I've listened to interviews with her. She was on Joe Rogan's podcast a couple oh, yeah, times that I listened she's to. She's amazing. Like, yeah, she's, she's, a, she's a smart, intelligent, sharp woman. You know, and like, and I would love to see somebody like that in office. Yeah, absolutely. But unfortunately. You want to break that glass ceiling with a female president? Yeah. I'm I'm with you. I'm totally down. Yeah. did not want Hillary Clinton, but I'm totally down for Tulsi Gabbard. See, now, over, between Tulsi Gabbard and Trump, I would vote for Trump, not only because I agree with some of his policies a little bit more than certain policies Mm -hmm. of Tulsi's, but also in that aspect comes down to the the social aspect. Mm -hmm. Because I do consider myself socially liberal, but at the same time, I feel like some of those social Socially liberal issues have again just been pushed so far afield mm-hmm. that I, I can't get on board at all personally from yeah. my standpoint. So to have Trump being a little more of a moderate on that stance than Tulsi Gabbard is is where that divide would come for right. me. Well, and like with me too is 
look, I think I, I, I do think Tulsi Gabbard would be a good president. Um, like I said, I, I, I do think I would get a lot of flack for this, but I do think we need Trump for another four years, but for a couple of reasons though, for one, because I just think it's inevitable. I don't think Tulsi Gabbard is strong enough right now. I don't think the democratic party is strong enough right now. Like he's a a very strong incumbent. That's a good way to put it. So there's that. Um, I think Trump has, uh, I think Trump's kind of just getting started and if not for just morbid curiosity, I want to ride this train as far as it will go. <laughs> and I, I just I just want to see what happens. Yeah. You know, um, but on top of that, too, I, I think there's a matter of, you know, you, you, you kind of just, you know, Trump in a lot of ways. You know, I do think he's done good. But in a lot of ways, I think he's just kind of just taking a dump. And it's like, all right, man, well, before you leave, like clean up your shit first, you know, and then, you know, we'll, we'll focus on the next step. But four years I, I, I do I think there's a reason why presidents usually get elected for both terms and are there for the eight years because they're kind of reigning in uh, generations not the right word for it but 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 they're reigning in like a like a, the, a president you know for for, <laughs> oh, for the next decade the whole much. yeah it's like it's well it's like we've heard time and time again when <laughs> when incumbents come out and say you know you know give me give me a chance to do the next four years is what they talk about is how that that first four years is basically spent spent just cleaning up what they think was wrong with the previous administration yes. and sometimes that's a load of shit that they just like to use as a campaign yeah, slogan other other times it is true depending upon what situations they're left mm-hmm. you know and uh, particularly in trump's case you know his obviously what he's been cleaning up over the last four years has been the economy he's been trying yes. to do a lot for the economy which and he's been doing a good wasn't, job yeah it wasn't yeah. nearly as terrible under obama as it was under bush for yeah, god's sake true, but true. it definitely needed some improvement and that's what he's been focused on yeah so it's like okay i've spent these four years cleaning up the economy which i was left in this position by the Obama administration, give me another four years to then enact policies to leave it in a better place for the president that's going to come after me. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, whether he does that or not is yet to be seen. Exactly. But I I just, look, I just, I just think, now don't get me wrong. Well, personally too, I, I'm sorry. Oh, you're okay. Personally too, though, I got to admit, I would like to see Trump for another four years, if only so that hopefully the radical, the massively radical section of the Democratic Party uh-huh. can finally just crash and burn before the Democratic Party really comes back into the fold just... with, with with national politics because it scares me to think if, if they don't burn out in the next four years, like that that section. I've, I have nothing against the Democratic Party in general, the right. moderate Democrats, the, you know, traditional liberals. The, I might not I might need... not agree with them, but I don't have anything against them. But mm-hmm. the, the radical section of that has got to crash and burn. Well, and that's just it. The party just needs a reform. I mean, I think that's why I like Tulsi Gabbard so much, because I feel like Tulsi Gabbard is like a true Democrat. She is. You know, she's I, a traditional I, I truly, liberal. Yeah, a true... She's like a she's like a JFK liberal. Yeah, you know, whereas like I feel like. You know what you have in there now, and people give Trump all the t- uh, shit all the time for you know calling this thing a witch hunt, but it's like, but it is. It is. It is a witch like, hunt. Look at what look at what the fuck is happening. We just impeached a president. There were you know regardless whether you think he was actually guilty of what he was accused of or not, you can't deny that if you're going to be bitching at him for the him not going through due process when bombing Iran, then you you have to bitch at the Democratic Party for not going through due process 
process when doing these impeachment hearings. Well, and frankly, the hypocrisy of that just kills me. Not just the example that you used between mm. the bombing and the impeachment, but I actually agree because yes, anyone agree who, with what the, the 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 issue that the Democratic Party had with the due process and bombing oh, Iran. Yeah. Because anybody that actually knows anything about the Constitution, and I do not in any way, shape, or form pretend to be a constitutional expert. Right. But we all know, yeah, young, dumb, and full of opinions. Yes, these are a lot of these are opinions. Some <laughs> of it is knowledge, some of it is yes. opinion. But but what I do know of the Constitution, what uh, most experts on the Constitution have agreed with, and we've heard about it left and right since the Iran issue, is that, yeah, uh, war powers are given to the Congress. Like, mm-hmm. co- Congress declares war. Uh, the president might be commander-in-chief of the armed forces once once a declaration of war has been enacted. Yeah. But up until that point, the decision to actually go to war is left to Congress. So I agree with their with their stance, with their their fundamental problem of how he bypassed constitutional authority, so to speak, in doing what he did. The problem that I have with that is why the, where was everyone bitching about it when Obama did it? Where was everyone bitching about it when Bush did it? Because I remember bitching about that. I remember saying, why the fuck are you doing this? And Congress hasn't declared war. I remember being upset about that. And it didn't seem like anybody on the Democratic left was. Now suddenly a Republican president that that you don't like is doing it now you can complain well, you fucking hypocrites mm-hmm. well it, it goes it goes back to what you were saying Sorry. earlier <laughs> be passionate as much as passionate as you want uh, god i always like sometimes when i talk i like slur my words and then i catch myself <laughs> after i slur my words and i'm like what the fuck did i just that's say that's okay i pronounced them wrong but. as vince pointed out on our last podcast <laughs> <laughs> but um, but anyways, but this kind of goes along with what you were saying earlier about politics and kind of this like extremist attitude being trendy, right? Mm-hmm. Because the reason why people didn't bitch when Obama or Bush or Clinton or any of these other people did this shit is because at those times, politics was still kind of uh, an old man's game. Right. You know, mm-hmm. it was usually older people, you know, people getting in their late 20s and then, you know, f- late 20s and beyond. Those are the people paying attention to politics and like really keeping an eye on things. Mm-hmm. Whereas now and if the younger voice did speak out about it, it was very much just like, OK, shut up, children. Yeah, shut up, children. And look, I, I do believe that, you know, if, if you're a voting age, everybody should be heard. Absolutely. But at the same time, being 28 now, like, I didn't know fucking shit when I was 18. So didn't I'm know sorry. as much as I thought but, I did. But you yeah. know what? I'm sure the fucking people who are 60 years old are looking down at us who are 30. Saying and, the same thing. And, you yeah, know saying shit. you guys don't know fucking shit. Exactly. So, but what's happened with the Trump administration in that the 2016 election is there were so many, so... So people became so used to Obama on both sides, first of all. And then you had this huge conflicting issue of social values at the time. Mm -hmm. So it was right around the time when, like, the trans issue was becoming a big thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Gay marriage. Gay marriage was becoming a big thing. So now all of a sudden people were just scared, like, oh, my God, if we get a Republican in office, regardless of who it is, it didn't have to be Trump. Yeah, it doesn't matter. If we get a Republican in office, all this shit is just going to collapse on ourselves. So then when Trump started running, and I do truly believe it could have been anybody, but... We got Trump, who just happens to be very loud and boisterous, so mm-hmm. it just kind of amplified everything. But there was going to be this huge pushback. So now you had all these younger people who are 
our history shows more along the lines of social values and what's happening socially in the world. Yeah. And now they're all bandwagoners. So it doesn't matter now what Obama did or what Bush did or what Clinton did because it just matters what these kids now who are just becoming voting age during the 2016 election. I would agree and I would disagree. I, I would absolutely agree that that's part of it. I think the other part of it is that there was really no, no hoopla, no major disagreement, no more so than what needed to be said because, you know, they're not they're not adhered to our political party mm. in previous administrations because it had more to do with political theater. Yeah. Because, you know, our previous presidents were longstanding politicians who mm. had been in, you know, in Congress and Senate and government, so to speak, and had been involved in this game long enough to know how the game works and how right. the game is played and long enough for everybody that's currently sitting in the field to know that they will play the game and how they're going to play the game. Mm. Whereas Trump just comes way the fuck out of left field and goes, I'm here and I'm I'm going to do this now. And everyone will, whoa, whoa, wait, wait. Is is he is he going to be okay mm. with this? Is he going to go along with that? Is he going to do this like Obama and Bush exactly. did? Like, is he going to give well, us that's this? Well, pan- that's where the panic set like, in. Yeah, no, nobody knew what to expect out of him in comparison to some of these other politicians who had already established r- relationships with other politicians as well as a record of where they were gonna fall right. in certain issues. He didn't he didn't have that mm-hmm. in the political world. So everyone lost their minds mm-hmm. going, oh my God, what the fuck do we do with him? And to not to mention it, it ultimately threw off the plan. Right. Because everybody and their mom was waiting for Hillary Clinton to jump into the presidential race. And when mm-hmm. she did, everyone was so sure she was gonna win. And guess what? She probably would have if Trump yeah. hadn't come right. out. Like You're absolutely right. I remember during uh the beginning of twenty sixteen when remember we at one time we had like eighteen fucking Republican candidates mm-hmm. on the board. And I remember how funny it was because for the longest time during the earliest periods, it was Trump and who was the like neurologist? That Carson, remember? Ben Carson. Carson. Ben Carson. So it was Trump and Carson and they were topping the polls and they were teetering with each other. Yep. One one would pass the other, you know, and so on and so forth. And I just remember I was watching, you know, parents were very conservative. Uh, my dad was watching Fox News when mm-hmm. I went over to his house once. And I remember they just kept pushing Jeb Bush. Like, everything they were talking about was Jeb Bush, Jeb Bush, Jeb Bush. And I'm watching this, and I'm like, Trump and Carson are, like, numbers one and two in the polls. Jeb Bush is, like, number 16 out of 18 candidates. And you're you're just pushing Jeb Bush. And that was my first, like realization of like the media like pushing an agenda and then it just like got worse and worse and worse oh i could have told you that years ago well i it's not to say that it wasn't always happening but one thing we can agree that's very different with this day and age now is everything is much more in your face i mean look at the jeffrey epstein thing for example oh good you know now that's going to be a conspiracy theory forever. I don't think. No, 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 no. You don't think so? I'm sorry. That is not going to be a conspiracy theory forever. Mm-hmm. That is going to be a conspiracy forever. I hate the way that people bandy the term conspiracy theory. I really do. Because by, you know, quintessential definition, so to speak, uh-huh. I am considered a conspiracy theorist. The problem with that is that you're not looking at the fundamental definition of conspiracy theory. A conspiracy theory only continues to be a conspiracy theory until there is substantiating evidence, then it ceases to be a theory and it is simply a conspiracy. Okay, I, I So you might not you ever know the truth, but there's a big difference between a conspiracy that we don't fully know about and a conspiracy 
theory. Quit okay. giving me this theory bullshit. Okay. Okay. If there's evidence to support a conspiracy, mm. it's a fucking conspiracy. Pure okay, and simple. fair, 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 fair. So I'll say the Jeffrey Epstein conspiracy. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, the but like that's a God, I lost my train of thought. I'm now. sorry. Oh, you're okay. But that like that's a perfect example though of. I lost the train of thought, Danny. It's gone. I'm it's so gone sorry. Forever. But you were talking but, about the media pushing an agenda and how everything is so in your face. Oh, okay. In your face. There that you was, go. That's what I was going to talk about. So Jeffrey, the Jeffrey Epstein conspiracy is a perfect example of things being very in your face. You know, mm-hmm. we may not know ever exactly what happened in that jail cell, but we also have enough evidence at this point to like really point to and be like, God. This, this is more and more not looking like a suicide, everybody. You oh, know? I wouldn't say we have but, enough evidence to point to. I'd say we have enough evidence to say this was not a suicide. We don't know what the fuck happened in that cell, but it was right. not a suicide. Well, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of funny things. So like they even released a picture I remember, and they were just like like for example, one of the things that I read was they because I guess they found a suicide note and like he had a pen and stuff. And I remember I remember thinking like, well, if you're on suicide watch. Like, they take away your shoelaces, for God's sake, if you're not in jail, you know, and you're on suicide watch at, like, Mm. a hospital or something. So why would they give you, like, a pen, you know? The last I heard a couple days ago... I feel like something you could stab yourself with, right? Yeah, the last I heard a couple days ago, it wasn't even actually a suicide note. It was some kind of letter that he was writing talking about the the conditions of how he was being treated in the jail. It said something random, and I think it ended with, like, no fun or something like that. I didn't actually see it, to be honest. I heard about it but i didn't see it all i'm saying is there's a lot of fishy things and i feel like if this kind of thing happened maybe this is just due to the internet being around but i feel like if this kind of thing happened 20 years ago you know it would just you know, you'd have people who are conspiracy theorists out there saying the epstein thing is fake you know epstein didn't kill himself yada, 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 and those yada, people yada, would yada. just be considered crazy exactly whereas like today i feel like they do it. Everybody's pretty confident that it was like an assassination, but it's so in your face now. And it's just to that point of it's set of presidents, right? People are going, the higher ups are going, well, what are you guys going to fucking do about it? Like, like they could come out and just be like, yeah, we killed Epstein. Like our, what? You're gonna you're gonna uproar like what what we're gonna we're gonna protest. Well, and frankly, I think that's one of the reasons that they don't yet is because they're actually worried that if they do admit to some of the things that conspiracy or in in this case too conspiracy theorists because mm-hmm. yes there are some conspiracies that are still simply theory, um but where where. Yeah, I think they half worry like shit. Maybe they would like right. may- maybe if we did actually come out and say, "Yeah, we did it." What are you going to do about mm-hmm. it? Like all of a sudden, a militia with guns would be forming in front of the state capitals and and everything else. It's like so. So part of me wonders if that's why they continue to seed the disinformation. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you can tell they're confident enough in the fact that nobody is going to do anything about it that they don't feel the need to cover it up the way they used to. And the internet helps with that for sure mm-hmm. because having such availability to so much information, so many different sources from left and right obviously gives us a, a much better way to to actually research and, and obtain this information, whereas before the only thing we could do was listen to what we were being told by mainstream media. Right. So they still feed that narrative mm-hmm. to the mainstream media and they still get the mainstream media to push that agenda and that story. Uh-huh. But at the same time, it's not nearly as believed as it was. And... 
I I, I honestly don't know where that's going to go. I could see that going in a number of different ways. Yeah. As far as as far as Endgame is concerned, it's come to a point where they don't they they're not going to stop lying and they're not going to start admitting it. But at the same time, nobody is believing it the way that they used to. Nobody's just buying it. That's true. Anymore. Everybody questions everything. And now. eventually, to a fault almost. And eventually, that is going to come to a head. I don't know how that's going to come to a head, but eventually, mm-hmm. it's going to come to a head. Frankly. This is just my opinion. I think that had Hillary Clinton been elected, it would have come to a head already. You think Be- so? I think so because eh, you, you can like her, you can hate her, say what you will about her. Personally, I despise the woman and she's been caught lying time and time and time again about many, many things. And because of that, she would have just been pushing more lies, more narrative, more agenda um into the into the mainstream media and all into our faces and the more and more that that got called on the independent media side and on the internet i think people would have eventually like something would have hit ahead some there would have been a big enough lie that that would have come to a head somehow and i think the only reason it hasn't is because everyone wants to believe that trump isn't lying or at least is is being as honest as he can well i think i because because i do agree with you i mean i think when it comes to both trump and hillary I think you. I think you would have gone a very, you know, both ways. I think you'd get an extreme presidency. So oh, we yeah. definitely, we definitely have an extreme presidency with Trump right now, and then I feel like with Clinton, you would have also had an extreme presidency. But the difference is, Clinton, like Trump, whether you like his decisions or not, I I do truly feel like Trump is making decisions that he feels is the best for the American citizens. I, I, I do. Now, maybe there is some like self-indulgent shit going on in there too. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, just gut feeling. You can, you can fucking chastise me on the internet if you'd like. <laughs> but I, I do feel like he, he truly thinks he's doing good for the American people. Well, the difference with Hillary Clinton is I feel like any decision she would make would be for the good of the Democratic Party. Absolutely. And not for the American Or for the good of herself. Exactly. So it wouldn't matter if we suffered, but if the Democratic Party was thriving, then it didn't matter. And like I said, I think that's where it would have come to a head already. Mm -hmm. Because you say what you will about Trump, but like what you just said with it being an an extreme presidency, Mm -hmm. it's really not, if you stop and think about it. It's an extreme presidency in terms of this media back and the leftist bombardment of hatred yeah. that is spewing from every skull that can get in front of a video camera. Yeah. But that's really the most extreme part of it. Mm-hmm. It's all this hatred. It's all this rhetoric. If you actually stop and, I mean, look at look at the policies. Look mm-hmm. at what the man's done since he's been in office. Has any of that, any of it actually been extreme? Of what Trump's done? Yeah, define extreme. What has been extreme about his presidency, his policies? Absolutely nothing. He's very moderate in his policies. The uh, most extreme thing you could probably point to is the quote-unquote Muslim ban. And anyone who does enough research into that knows it wasn't actually a Muslim ban. Uh, I mean... You see, you're hard-pressed to think of something off the top of your head. No, well, I, well, I can't think of something off the top of my head. I, I think bombing Iran was... Very extreme. Well, not necessarily you know. when you consider what it was in retaliation for. I mean, again, defined extreme. I mean, I don't agree not. with the bombing in Iran. Don't get me wrong, but uh-huh. they were the original aggressors. If that contractor hadn't died mm-hmm. and those servicemen been injured, 
would it have ever escalated to that bombing? And right. there were there were a few. I, I I don't remember specifically where they were, so I can't quote them. But you can look it up. There were a few um, aggressions and and bombings and sieges on embassies and things like that that had happened before that contractor actually died. That Trump hadn't responded to at but, all. But but the problem is like again, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm right, saying right, right. you can't well, define that as extreme. Well, no, no. It, I get I get that. I I get where you're coming from. But here's the way that I look at it with like the bombing, for example. All right. Now. I I am all, I am somebody like I'm very on the fence about the bombing. Okay, mm. I'm I'm one of those people to where just from my own life experiences, you know, I I've been in those positions where it's like if you want to get somebody to stop poking you, you gotta punch them in the face sometimes. Yeah, you know, and yeah, maybe punching them in the face is not equal to the poking, you know, but it gets the point across, right? Mm-hmm. So in those regards. That's why I agree with the with the killing of the general in Iran, mm-hmm. right? But at the same time, any action that you take that makes everybody, even if it's for a few days, on the edge of their seats of like World War. I mean, there was serious talks. Oh, I, I mean, know. There were, there were jokes. I was there scared. Were serious talks about. I World was War. scared shitless, See, dude. And that's my point. Anything that causes a fear of something like World War III, like legit fear that this is going to happen, that's too extreme for me. There, there should have been other measures than taken. Like, I'm glad that's not the case. I'm glad, I'm obviously very glad that we haven't, at least at this point, it looks like, you know, everything's kind of calming everything down. Everything is settling and, you know, at the settling moment. Settling down yeah. everything. But like... Any any kind of any kind of action taken by a president that's going to put the American people on the edge of their seats like that, like there's going to be a World War Three. The only other time I can think of when people felt that way when uh, was uh, during um, it wasn't called it wasn't called the Red Scare it was when Kennedy was in office with Russia, the Cold War, the Cold the War, the Cold War. You know, everybody was on their seat. Is it going to be World War Three? World War Three? World War Three? Like. Any action you take that's going to cause that kind of fear in people, I think, is too extreme. Now, obviously, there was kind of no way of, like, knowing, you know, what was going to happen after bombing. Oh, there was absolutely a way of knowing what was going to happen after bombing. Well, I mean, but do you think Trump – I guess the question is, do you think Trump bombed this general, you know, assassinated this general, and, like, did it – thinking that, oh, this isn't going to cause World War III. They're not going to do anything. Or do you think he did it knowing, if I do this, there is going to be a chance oh, that no. World War III no, no, no. will break out? I think, I think Trump did it with a slew of disinformation. That's what I think. I think Trump was You think con- his advisors gave him yes, disinformation? Yes, I think, I think Trump was conned into every inch of that. Because think about how much disinformation we heard just in the media after the Soleimani bombing. Now, this is a conspiracy theory. Yes, yes. There is absolutely no evidence to support this whatsoever. Yes, now okay. you can say this is a quote-unquote conspiracy theory. But I do. I, th- I think Pompeo and some of his other advisors pushed him into every fucking inch of that. I think they they just they were just cyber rattling in his ears, telling him how wonderful it would be and how fabulous it would make him if he killed Soleimani. And don't worry, Iran's not going to retaliate. They're pussies. They wouldn't right. dare. They know we can take their asses out. They couldn't beat us in a full-on fight. So uh-huh. what are they going to do? Go ahead. Do it, Mr. President. <laughs> I'm scared. Like, I think that's what they were saying. And I think he believed them. Yeah. I think he believed them. And he was conned. Anyone Anyone could have told you that taking that kind of action against Salmani of all people was going to get some kind of retaliation from Iran. Who knows what it might have actually been, but it will be there. And the fact that everyone's sitting there saying, oh, well, it's done. You know, they they, they bombed the... 
the base and I I can't remember where it was. It wasn't I can't remember. It either. wasn't in Baghdad. I don't I can't remember. But anyway. To be honest, you you follow politics much more closely than I do. I do. Well to I, be honest I learn enough to be able to make an educated decision when I vote. To that's, be honest, I don't I do. even actually follow politics. I just follow the news. But because of this right. highly politicized environment we live in, most of the news politics. is politics. Everything exactly. Right. But so um but but no I can't remember where it was. But then when when they bombed the base, obviously they had, it, it, in my opinion, but but a lot of a lot of people I've heard agree with mm-hmm. me on this. A lot of military experts that I've heard speaking on it agree with me on this. They were obviously making an attempt to retaliate so that they could please their constituency that was right. screaming for you know death to America because of <laughs> Salmani. But at the same time, they clearly did not want to escalate that too far because mm-hmm. they had absolutely no reason to warn the Iraqi government that that was coming, knowing that the Iraqi government was going to warn the U.S. that it was coming so that everyone could get out of the general area where those bombs were going to be so that there was no loss of life because they knew if there was loss of life, well, then Trump would probably go off the fucking rails regardless of what his advisors have said. Right. Because that's what he's been putting out in political message since the day he started running. That's true. So I think they wanted to retaliate. They wanted to be able to show their people that they had retaliated without escalating it to a point where it actually did lead into all-out war. The problem I have with that is that what we do know of Iran and everything that they have done over the years in regards to, to terrorism and retaliation, it was very interesting and very public intentionally I think so, public, that they bombed the way that they did. Mm-hmm. There was no question that these bombs came from Iran. They were ground to ground aerial miss or yeah, ground to air, sorry, ground to ground missiles right. directly out of Iran. Everybody knew that. Iran made no bones about it. Usually Iran is very subversive. They're very sneaky. They like to attack by proxy so that it can't actually be directly linked back to them. Like you can't you can't actually retaliate against us because even though you know it was us. You can't prove it right. was us because we attacked you by proxy. That's what they love to do. Uh-huh. That's how Iran keeps themselves from literally getting obliterated off the face of the fucking planet. Right. While still furthering their own political and terroristic agendas. Uh-huh. So the fact that they did that and they made it so public, they were they were they were trying to make a statement. The problem with that is that anybody who who knows anything about Iran would probably agree there are going to be additional attacks by proxy. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen. We don't know when, we don't know where, we don't know who, but but Iran is going to further retaliate through proxy. I heard that Russia, China, and Iran were doing military exercises, like joint military exercises Mm -hmm. off, I don't know where, but I just remember reading that they were doing like these, and I was like, oh, okay, so here's how it starts, you know? Well, see, and frankly, that's one of the other reasons that I want to see us get the fuck out of the Middle East is, frankly, we should be dealing with China and Russia, Mm -hmm. and that should be like our priority as far as foreign affairs go, in my opinion. Again, I'm not a geopolitical expert, but... um, that's where I think our attention should be. And if we pull the hell out of the Middle East, guess what? Let 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 Saudi Arabia and Israel deal with Iran right. and Syria and Turkey. They're all right there. Mm-hmm. Let them handle this shit. They're supposedly our allies. Let them take care of that in that part of the world, and we'll take care of our shit over here. Yeah, that's And everyone that's could be happy, yeah. and then there would be no further loss of life. And for the love of God, I don't want to hear about <laughs> another serviceman losing their right. life in the Middle East. I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> You want to know what's really funny about this conversation? What's that? So when I was looking up the pod, 
the previous podcast to see what number podcast this was. Yeah. I saw the name of episode 104. Which done was? back in August, which was called Tired of Politics. <laughs> I know, we're and spending then, the entire and then episode here talking we about are, politics. Episode 105, <laughs> which it makes sense to us because there's been a five-year gap, but Eddie, or a five-year, five-month five five <laughs> gap. But if you're... If, but if you're listening to the podcast and like you're just going from episode 104 to episode 105, <laughs> it goes, we have a whole podcast about like, fuck politics and following politics. And then we're here like, yeah, so uh, Trump bombed Iran. Well, uh, we, we kind of have to. I think if we didn't, we'd I mean, be it's like the only earlier. podcast on the planet, more than likely, well, that isn't talking about it at all. I mean, so much happened in such a short period well, of time. It's, it's like you said, though, it's. It's so hard, you know, you follow the news and the news just happens to be highly politicized right now. And that and that's just what's happening in life right now, you know? Yeah. I, I, I truly, I don't really enjoy following politics. It's, it's never something I'm like, ooh, I gotta do research on it. I feel like I have to, to an extent, because, you know, you you have to stay you educated. You gotta be informed, exactly. yeah. But I really just don't like it. I mean, I think that's what episode 104, I'd have to go back and listen to it, but... I think that was probably one of the things I was talking about in there because it's something I've I've told a lot of people. I just get I get so tired of it now. During like the during 2016 and probably up to like I would say 2018, I was really into it. I was watching all the YouTube videos of all the independent media people, you know, talking about what's happening in politics right now. I was catching clips from CNN, clips from Fox. I remember I downloaded this thing called Sling TV just so I could watch like the some poli- of these the protests debates. and mm-hmm. the debates. Mm-hmm. And things like that going on and i just got to a point with like with all the arguing and everybody just up in arms and you not even be able to say trump's name without that person just automatically hating you when they first meet you i was like you know what i'm fucking tired of this shit i am no i agree i'm just tired of it i have my beliefs obviously i have voiced some of those beliefs on this podcast today and in previous podcasts but like but fuck, that's not what I'm about, you know? I, I wish it wasn't. Like, I wish it wasn't so politicized because it, it's true. I don't mm-hmm. follow politics. I follow the news. I, fo- I follow a few different talk shows mm-hmm. that I like to listen to, but because we're in such a highly political environment, those talk shows are talking about nothing about current political states. Right. Every now and then that delves into current events like Iran, which is also inherently political. Mm-hmm. So it, it comes back to it time and time again. It seems like there is nothing going on in the world except politics. No. I mean, and, and that's very true, too, to an extent. And, I mean, I just hope it fizzles out at some point. Oh, which I, agree. Hon- I which hope honestly, it's not always that way. Which, honestly, while Trump's in office, it probably won't. But, I mean, eventually it has to, right? Um, at anyways, some point. At some point. <laughs> All right. Well, I have to I have to get ready for work. Uh, so, we'll have to end this podcast here right now. But um, this was fantastic. I really hope the, the video... Yeah, out. we hope we I was, can see so us. I was, I'm going to have to check it right afterwards. But like I was thinking to myself, because I remember I was using my DS. For the, for those watching or listening, you obviously can't see the cameras. But they're just these like, uh, they weren't cheap at the time. But <laughs> they don't make these cameras anymore. They they're kind like of these, are now. Yeah, they're like these Canon like HD <laughs> cameras that I think I got for like a 
Christmas or birthday ones. They were back top in, of the like, line yeah. like 10 years ago. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like I had to buy a used second one because they don't even make this camera anymore. Oh my but I, anyways, but I was using my DSLR and I needed an SD card for it. And I think I may have taken an SD card out of one of these cameras. So there's a possibility that... One of them this, isn't working. That this, <laughs> this particular podcast will not be... Well, there will be no footage, you know, with it. But, uh, you know, uh, we will see. But so You're telling me I did my makeup for nothing. I'm telling you that you look beautiful. Aww. And that I'm just happy you, if you, you, you did it for me, Danny. Okay. That's what you did. All right. We'll accept that. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening today. Um, I, I promise to not do another hiatus, five-month hiatus again. Um, I have Kyle on tomorrow. Nice. So that'll be cool. But I think if um, I'm able to, I'll get this podcast edited tonight and then up tomorrow, which will be Sunday for all of you out there. All right. Well, thank you so much, Danny. Do you have any final thoughts? No, no. I had fun. Wish we hadn't spent the entire time talking about politics, but had fun nonetheless. That's all right. We'll we'll do more. We'll do more. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.